We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to your OBR Weekend edition of the show. This is now our 18th edition of the OBR Weekend podcast, where we're going to do our usual fun stuff, picking games, updating you on how Andrew made a miraculous comeback on the NFL side and is now thoroughly whooping me going into the final week. And then we have one very impactful bowl outcome game to pick coming up on Monday, where I did also hear, Andrew, that we are going to get a little tease of the EA Sports NCAA football game. And, you know, I'm just counting. I got like a a countdown clock on the wall behind me waiting for that diligently for for this game that I know you think is going to rip the people off. And although EA Sports (laughs) traditional uh, route over the last like uh, five to seven years is to rip people off, I have in the back of my mind the same kid that went to GameStop and was picking these things up at midnight. So I'm pretty giddy. Do not come in and rain on my parade. Be excited for Monday for me, okay? Uh, dude, I am excited. I'm very excited. I th- the idea that they could put together a, a a really a true successor to the NCAA football franchise is very exciting to those of us who think we could do it better than most college coaches. I you know I I I want it to work out. I just have tried to in my elder years ex- exercise a little bit of restraint, but. But I will. I mean, for example, uh, Rockstar does such a, such a good job that when whenever GTA Six finally comes out, I will probably actually line up in person for that. As embarrassing as that is, yeah, I'm hoping this isn't the same result as EA's golf game, which you and I were very excited about, and then was kind of a letdown. I mean, there were some good parts of it, but a letdown generally. Uh, it feels like that is where EA has been trending for a while. But I will say the, a, a huge part of playing college football video games was the idea that you could take a program like an FAU and turn them into a six-star dynasty. I mean, like, am I going to be at FAU now and I'm going to go try to recruit a player and they're going to be like, hey, listen up, broke boy, get out of here. I don't want to talk right. to you. You right. don't have the NIL money to even enter into this conversation. It would be depressing. It would be very depressing. It'd be a real kick to be like, I'm not only broken real life, I'm also broken video game life at the same time. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite fascinated because like you could play the old games and kind of find these uh, these guys that the big programs didn't go after. Are they still going to do that? Guys that aren't interested in money. How are they going to make that real? Because that's where college football is quite clearly going. We saw Ohio State take on a, a new quarterback, Will Howard from Kansas State. There's quite a nice little price tag attached to that. It's like this is a really weird time to bring in a video game that is like a huge part of college athletics is money right now. But well, I digress. 
And an interesting question, Jake, is would you prefer that they get it realistic or would you prefer that they do what they did 10 years ago? Yeah, go nostalgic. I mean, like back in the day, they were doing recruiting based on like allocating points. For a while, they did recruiting based on like allocating minutes of phone conversation. So how they go about this with the evolving dynamic of all this is going to be quite interesting. Maybe you have like a booster uh, a pay paycheck a slush situation. fund. Yeah, slush fund that you allocate every week. Like hey, I'm going to give ten thousand dollars to this guy. <laughs> I think you could get really weirdly. Yes. Uh, into it you know plus the, the funny thing too is the the transfer portal stuff where now guys have more than one opportunity to transfer for free right. like there's a whole bunch right. of evolving things in the ncaa where they're like oh we'll, we'll bring back this game and we'll try to get it as right as we can although nothing seems to be right week to week so that'll be fun yeah i'd almost prefer a version that is ncaa football 24 but set in 2007 that that is uh, maybe something they should consider with the conferences the, back the yeah. way they were and everything just for, for the let simplicity, me go back 20 years yeah yeah the simplicity too of of this stuff that's moving so much anyway let's talk about the browns uh i guess that's our podcast topic we we should hit on injuries uh talk about nostalgia we haven't done this in a minute but we we gotta we gotta talk about guys that we get injury updates on so anthony walker who we know had the knee scope is now going to be placed on ir to me andrew my immediate reaction to this was i think they thought they could do this procedure and he could come back in a short time frame and be ready to go. There was some optimism around that, especially the way Kevin introduced it way back. Uh, you know, I don't know when he told us that a couple, three weeks ago, but quite clear now that things didn't go in the right direction they were hoping for at all. And it ultimately shuts him down for the season. Uh, essentially, I guess, I don't know, four weeks out from this game. Could that be like if they made a Super Bowl trip, he could become active? I'm, I'm not totally sure on that, but uh, I think that this uh, renders most of his – uh, opportunity to play the rest of this year. Pretty yeah, that's a good point, Jake. I, I do think four game weeks from now is Super Bowl. So if they go to the Super Bowl and Anthony Walker returns, if he's able to, I, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, I've kind of been hoping that would be when Nick Chubb would be back and ready to go anyway. So never say never. Right. <laughs> um, the other piece of big news that we got today, and you and I went back and forth on this like seven times pre-show trying to figure out sort of how this is going to work. So Juan Thornhill is now back on the injury report with the calf. And it sounds like, uh, we should actually just read the quote, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything better than to kind of go through it to explain mm-hmm. the situation here. So, uh, Kevin Stefanski has mentioned that uh, he was asked the question about him popping Thornhill popping back up on the uh, injury report yesterday at the Cavern. Is that anything to be concerned about? He said, "You know, still dealing with that injury. We'll see how that goes over the next few days, but it does not look good for this weekend." And then it was followed up with that, and is it is a reaggravation of the same calf injury? And he said. I don't know if I'd characterize it, uh, characterize it that other than to say it's a calf injury. So if he wasn't on the injury report earlier this week, Wednesday, and was limited Thursday, DMP Friday, then that tells us he re-aggravated that thing, Andrew. And that puts real doubt on him being available and maybe perhaps being back to, uh, you know, Hickman and uh, DeAnthony Bell and Deron Harmon. Yeah, and it kind of puts a spotlight also on where Grant Delpit is in his recovery. We didn't get any more information about that today, but that's definitely the next place your mind goes because I think, Jake, you and I feel like the natural fit, even for as soon as next year, might be Hickman as the deep safety with Delpit as the roving safety and then Thornhill as your sort of third safety that can do both things. So um, it's it's not the worst, but you certainly – there are things that a rookie safety is going to struggle with and playoff teams are going to be better at picking on those things than 
the teams that the Browns have seen the last few weeks, right? He, he can look pretty good against Trevor Simeon and the Jets, but it's different if, for example, they got C.J. Stroud next weekend. I know that Stroud's also a rookie, but you would feel different about the way that that goes. So I think Thornhill getting this week off to hopefully get to a point where he can play next week. If you could have Thornhill and Delpit out there, you'd feel great about that for the playoffs. Yeah, at least one of them. At least one of them. I, I, that's a bummer for Thornhill. I mean, I think he's probably more frustrated than anyone. I, you know, at this point, he's up and down the roller coaster of this calf injury is pretty brutal for him. So, hoping that he can take the weekend here. Take obviously took Friday, take the weekend and get better, and then be on a decent track to play next week because they could use him. It does free them up to use him in different ways. And um, you know, again, playoff football is different. Whereas they will really hone in on who they think the weakness is and try to pick on them in every single moment that matters. And not to call DeAnthony Bell or Ronnie Hickman uh, liabilities. They've both been thriving, and, and we know that. But, again, stage up matters more, more pressure. Just would like to have somebody like Juan Thornhill out there who's been around winning football, you know, huge playoff games. I think that would be an, a really helpful presence for them. So fingers crossed on that. We did figure out as well Sam Kamara is now a part of the – uh, active roster so that kind of eliminates the idea of somebody like justin houston that we've talked about andrew so um you know take that for what it's worth but also we we found out since i've done a podcast last um actually it was you and i that did the last podcast that dalvin cook has gone to the Ravens. so you know i think you and i were pretty much on the idea of of there are very few opportunities at all to take a swing on updating the run or sorry, upgrading the running back position or not even calling it upgrading, just another fresh face, another opportunity for someone to come in and see if they can shake things loose in a way the guys that are here have not quite accomplished as consistently as we would like. You don't find very many of these guys this time of year, even if Dalvin Cook is the, you know, some of you view him as like a bag of bones. I think he still has something to contribute for somebody. Uh, and that's why we were interested in the opportunity and maybe drawn more to Cleveland because he could come in and see a real path to immediate opportunity. Whereas some other places that might not be the case. He goes to Baltimore, you know, a lot of you who just wanted to scoff at the idea of adding this player. I mean, I think Baltimore's running backs have been clearly more successful, even without Keaton Mitchell, more successful than the Browns have put out on the field this year from a uh, rush uh, efficiency perspective, despite some of their offensive line being beat up. So for them to be interested is an indicator of like, I think the Ravens do okay. I know they typically take a lot of flyers on sort of end of career running backs, but they do okay figuring out some answers for them in these situations. So it's like all we were saying is I think it's worthwhile to give this guy a chance to see what slim opportunity you have anyway could ultimately yield some nice results in a half or a game of football because again this is not like you're bringing him in week 10 it's it's for the playoffs so that's why we were interested in that it didn't work out sounds like the browns weren't even interested though andrew it's, from their side there's no interest period no one claimed him obviously and then we gather from the closest beat writer to the organization that they didn't have any interest in it period yeah it's interesting that they didn't but they they Seem to be confident, as you mentioned, Mary Kay Cabot, kind of reflecting that they're confident in the state status of their run game. So I think we disagree with that assessment. And, you know, I, I think it'll play out over the next week or two as they are in the playoffs and, and you kind of see how things unfold. It's, I don't want to 
you know, kind of rain on the whole parade here uh, with everything that's going right for the Browns by focusing on one thing that is not going right. But it's something we've talked about. I think I think we definitely have represented our positions on it pretty thoroughly. So, yeah, um, it's disappointing. Yeah, like if the word you use, flyer, is the right word, right? Like you're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. They decided not to try and do that and said stick with the guys that they have. Maybe they do feel like one of those guys is poised for a little bit of a breakout. We saw a little bit of that from Jerome Ford. Maybe they feel like he's finally figured something out. I I, I truly don't know why they don't feel more pressed to add talent to the running back room. I, I But it's obvious that it's not going to happen. So it's kind of like you feel like you're shouting into the wind at a certain point. Yeah, it's moot, right? It didn't matter. We were never saying this is going to solve anything, but it's a thing that we thought would have been a worthwhile endeavor. So there we go. We got our stance. Anyway, um, last topic before we get over to games is Jim Schwartz. So he talked to the media Thursday and made the point that I think is abundantly obvious that, that it, most of these older defensive coaches will tell you the same. They are interested in being head coaches. If that opportunity presents itself, there would be an opera like that he would meet that opportunity head on. This is not to say that he's pulling a Greg Williams who says he's had seven interviews and you know, way back when from, from that goofy nonsense, he's not saying that he's just saying if the head coach opportunity presents itself again, he would be interested in taking it. And I'm interested in your reaction to that, Andrew, because I think that's a pretty obvious answer while some people were freaking out. But I also understand on the flip side of that, where some people are of the thought that this is uh, it's probably not going to be like a knocking down his door scenario. I think somebody, the right owner has to be and the right GM have to be in love with him. It's not going to be like he's offered the top job, uh, um, you know, of, of all the uh, guys out there, candidates out there. I don't think that's the case, but I, I think there's a very realistic world here where if Jim Schwartz keeps it up, maybe into another season next year and they have another great defensive season that he is going to get hired by somebody if he attaches himself to the right offensive mind. Yeah, I, I, I'm, my approach, as you know, Jake, is to never say never in the NFL because we want to act like we it's all very predictable and we know what's coming and what's what's next and we can rule things out and we can anticipate who's going to be hired and who's not. And that's just, it's not the way the league works. Jeff Saturday was a head coach for the the back half of the year last year with Indianapolis. And it was a disaster. And nobody, when they fired Frank Reich in the five minutes before it was announced that it was going to be Jeff Saturday, nobody would have guessed that you could have asked a hundred people a hundred times and nobody would have guessed it. So I, I, I try and approach the league with some humility and know that I don't know what I don't know, especially as, as a relative outsider. What I would say is that depending on how many openings there are, if you look at the truly blue chip head coach candidates right now, there are not that many of them. The name that everybody's talking about is Ben Johnson. Eric Bieniemy, I think, has gotten some some respect for what he's done in Washington this year and, and is obviously going to be part of the change there. Uh, so d- does he maybe get some looks at head coaching jobs? I, I think that's possible. But the the names dry up pretty fast. And I, I think Mike McDonald from the Ravens, their defense coordinator is, is because he's younger is probably ahead of line ahead of Schwartz in line. But I don't think you have to go too far before you're talking about a, a, a coach like Schwartz, who, although he is a defensive coach is analytically minded and friendly to some of the stuff that helps offensive coaches often or yeah, helps, pr- helps teams prefer offensive coaches because they, they will be amenable to those sorts of number driven 
approaches. Yeah. Another one's Frank Smith. You know who that is? Yeah, it's the OC in Miami. Yeah, that many people know that. So, like, th- this is the point. The, the, right. The well-known names are not out there. Now, they could, could get there, but I think that as the NFL has pushed toward this young coordinator-driven thought process, I think there is a, a world in which it sways back to guys like Dan Quinn and Jim Schwartz to get some more of those opportunities. So, to me, he's around one more year if we're lucky. And then if you get a third year out of that, that would be like a grand slam outcome. I, I think that if this continues the trend line, we think it is based on their talent. They're going to, they're going someone's going to hire him. You cannot run a successful defense this well, this many times with the type of personality, Andrew of, of Jim Schwartz with like you mentioned his, his data driven approach, which is very modern uh, and people love him. He's a, he's yeah. a good character that, guy. Right. So like, yeah. I, I think that he's pushing in that direction and people should get comfortable with it. And he's also not easy to replace. So we should probably not act like you can just find another guy who can answer the bell uh, the way Jim Schwartz has and just and just step in and run his scheme. I don't think it's that way or more people would be doing it right. Like this is the Obviously. thing like more right. people no. would be successfully yeah. pulling that off. Yes. It's, it's, no, it's very it's very clear to me that Jim Schwartz is responsible for this defensive success more than people want to give him credit for. I don't think they the Browns would be where they are if they had hired some of the other defensive coordinators that were in in the running. So the the talent on defense makes a defensive coordinator's job easier, but in other ways it makes a defensive coordinator's job harder. I think one of the big problems with Joe Woods was that he consistently did not put players in position to succeed and the players knew it. And it's very frustrating when you're a player to know that you're not being used to your best potential. I think Miles Garrett was frustrated with that. I think Denzel Ward was frustrated with that. And so when you are leading a room and it's full of guys that know exactly how they should be used and you can't figure that out, you lose credibility. So the what Schwartz brought was that credibility to know how to do things, a clear philosophy of how he wants defense to work. And not every defensive coordinator, even ones that have a similar scheme, or will just come in and say, oh, I'll do what Schwartz did. There's no guarantee that they can implement it the same way, that they can call it the same way, that they can bring the same attitude and swagger. It's Every one of these coaches is unique, and you cannot count on them being easy, easily replaced. You know, it's funny. You look around at some of these you know, write-ups of these things, right? That uh, Who are the head coaching candidates for this cycle? Sporting News puts theirs out. At the top of the list, Ben Johnson. Then you have Eric Bieniemy, Mike McDonald, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, right? Uh, and then you have Frank Smith. Um, I think it's is it Ejiro Evero? I want to oh, make yeah, sure. Oh yeah, Ejiro Evero. Yeah, Ejiro. So it's a hard J. Got it. Ejiro Evero, Dave Canales, who's done a nice job with that offense down in Tampa, and then others that are mentioned are like Shane Waldron, Brian Flores, Dan Quinn, Lou Anarumo, and you don't even see even Aaron Glenn. You don't even see Jim Schwartz, but others have Jim Schwartz, like the 33rd team. Here's the top nine head coaching candidates for the offseason. Michigan's Jim Harbaugh, which I very much agree. That's probably not getting talked about enough, especially considering the Don Yee agent change that was just made uh, for him. There's most people think he's done after Monday's championship game. So then you have Ben Johnson, Dave Canales, Mike Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn. You even have Raheem Morris on L.A. You have uh, Jeff Ulbrich, who's the D.C. in New York. Patrick Graham, the DC with the Raiders, uh, Brian Callahan, 
And again, yeah. another one that you don't even have Schwartz name on. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a little bit all over the place. Anthony Lynn is another one that was uh, mentioned as well. The assistant head coach and running backs coach for the 49ers. So I, I find it a little peculiar. You look at I mean, I'm going to keep going through these. I don't care that we're live. It doesn't matter to me. I just kind of like going through and seeing if he pops up. Ben Johnson again at the top of Pro Football Network. Brian Johnson in Philadelphia, the O.C., um, Bienemy, Callahan, Slowick again, then Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, Anna Rumo, yeah. Aaron and, and Glenn. See, this is where I think some of these lists, the Bobby Slowick thing, he has he's never been a coordinator before. He's he's I think was barely a position coach. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna entrust that guy after one year in Houston with the being the head coach of I mean, that's a Sean McVay level swing. Right. I mean, and it's uh, he's 30. It's kind of like Kevin in a sense. Kevin was a longtime position coach, had one year. He almost got the Browns job originally. He ended up doing two. That's why I think Sloak will do another year as the OC there, to your point, Andrew. But that's like Kev, that's the, the late 30s meteoric rise that this this the NFL is like welcoming with open arms, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. And it's possible. I So the one thing I would just say is. You look around the NFL, There's a, obviously there's a ton of openings already. The Panthers' job is open. I think everybody knows that the Commanders' job is going to be open very shortly. The Chargers' and the Raiders' jobs are open. So then you add on to that, you've got the Patriots. Now we're Bill at Belichick five. Belichick might be free agent. Right, too. exactly. You, yeah, you've, you've, got, you've got the – and then you've got a few teams that are kind of on the fence. And so here's the scenario where I think Schwartz could get a job, is if the Bears, the Falcons – decide to jump into this, say Pete Carroll retires in Seattle, all of a sudden you've got a bunch of openings that you didn't expect. And Jake, when you are listing these candidates, there's the two or three guys at the top, which is, is essentially Ben Johnson and then Mike McDonald and one or two other names. And then you've got a bunch of guys that are all pretty much in the same category. That's where mm -hmm. Jim Schwartz is. He's in that yeah. second tier and I could see him crushing an interview and earning a job somewhere. And I, I don't think it's that unrealistic. So it's something that I have I have, am keeping my eyes open for. That'll be one of the storylines of the beginning of next week to follow as the Browns are starting to prep for um, their game against whoever they play from the AFC South. But the other thing that's worth noting is that this year they have made a rule change so that you can't interview any of those guys until after the divisional round. So there's no head start on any, any teams that are in the playoffs. Oh, that's good. CBS, Bill Belichick, Ben Johnson, Jim Harbaugh. Those are your top three. I mean, those are two of those are conjecture, but are very real possibilities, right? Those the Harbaugh and Belichick thing would be kind of crazy uh, to see Bill in a different place and Harbaugh back in the NFL. But you know, you're 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 talking about uh, again Brian Johnson, Dan. They go 15 deep and don't even name him. I don't want Jim Schwartz to get a job this offseason, quite frankly. An interview, I don't want him to. I do think though, in the next three years, he is a very good head coaching candidate somewhere, and it kind of speaks to like. How can the Browns go through the defensive shift that they went through this year and getting the results that they did? And yet you're listing people above him, you know, like, like Evero, right? Like you're listing people above him. Like, um, you know, I mean, I get Flores, but like Gerard Mayo's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. I don't want to dive too deep in Lou Anarumo's the sixth ranked one on CBS's list. It's, it's interesting. I want, Jim Schwartz to kind of just not get that respect and make him mad and make him driven to make the defense better. I'm very interested in pissed off, <laughs> uh, you know, Jim Schwartz and, and trying to, to prove the NFL wrong. I think he's, I, it kind of speaks a little bit to the discredit that the Browns get in general, that he's not the, the like a runaway candidate here, but 
we'll see. These lists are just pure conjecture. Who knows what the actual inside the NFL feels, and he could get a bunch of job interviews this offseason. We'll we'll be told in due time when the Brown season ends in late February. You know what that uh what the opportunity looks like for him, right? So anyway, we're gonna take a break, come back from that break, and uh, do our picks and wrap that up and. See who was the ultimate winner, the smartest football person on this podcast. Can't wait to do it. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. 
Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, last week, a packed bowl week. We picked nine games. I went three and six. Not great. Andrew went five and four and rallied. So Andrew's in a good way here within one game of me for the Bulls. Um, we have uh, 15, 23, and one. Stellar performance from yours truly with Andrew at 14, 24, and one. Hanging close. We have one game. And we could put the FCS game on there if you want to, to, to do two so that we don't get caught with a tie. That'd probably be be the right way to go. We just got to make sure we, we, we might pick as these well, things right? differently. Yeah, so let's put the FCS game on there. Uh, throw that one together. I don't even know who is in that one. I think it's some teams up in the Montana and South Dakota State. Okay. Do we know the line on that? South Dakota State by 13 and a half. So we have South Dakota State by 13 and a half. All right. So that's uh, that's our two games. We'll try to pick these and do the best we can to, to get a winner. I know you guys are just, you need it. You need it badly. We have Washington and Michigan. We have Michigan laying four and a half to Washington. This is actually a really good line. I think they're going to get a lot of action on the Washington side. Do you think Washington, I think Michigan clearly a much better defense than what Texas has, both phases, but the explosive wide receivers of Washington make for a really interesting football game, and I don't know how well Michigan's just going to be able to score, you know, in this scenario. People think that Michigan could be scoring more against, well, I don't know, Michigan's offense, especially with J.J. McCarthy the last Mm. five times out, has not been very good, so... I'm, again, I don't think they could have done better than what they did with this line. Which side are you going? And I'll take opposite. Uh, I'm taking the points with Washington. I I don't think Michigan has played a passing attack as good as what the what the Huskies have. So I think that they can definitely keep it within a field goal, if not win the game outright. I, I lean that Washington le- wins this game, but I am definitely biased against Michigan, just like the Wolverines always have, always will. It's the thing I have most in common with Ohio State fans, so um, I hope they lose. Okay. Montana, South Dakota State. Is it the Jackrabbits at South Dakota State, right? Nailed it. Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, right? T- Tucker Craft, who just came out. I, I believe, think Pierre right? – isn't Pierre Strong at South Dakota oh, State? Is. Jackrabbit? He is. He yeah. is, man. I'm going to take Montana in the points, though. I'll lay the points. I'm happy All to right. lay the points. I was going to do that anyway, so that works out. Did you, Are you comfortable laying the points with Michigan? Uh, not really. Okay. I don't love it. If it was well, a little lower, I'd love it. But for the sake of figuring out who's the smartest football mind ever yeah, to live right. on this podcast, we do what we got to do. You're a All very right. good sport. Hey, well, you know, that's something that you can't take away from me. Uh, now week 17 NFL side, man. If you wanted to put some money on Andrew's picks, you could have made, you could have made some bucks here. Andrew went 11 and four. I went five and 10. Yikes. So that puts us into the last week here. Me 77, 84, and 5, and Andrew 81, 79, and 5. So he is uh, comfortably in front, but anything can happen when when uh, rest week, injury and rest week gets here, which is week 18. So let's dig in, man. It's going to be just so enthralling to watch some backups play for the most part this week. Uh, we got Steelers playing their full group of guys against the Ravens' secondary group, and the Ravens are only <laughs> they're only getting three points in this one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it speaks to a lack of trust in the Steelers. I did see a graphic, Andrew, where if every team had the opposite result of their one score game, most teams were in the same realm of where they are. The Steelers would have went three and 13 
in the, the on the season. So that tells you a little bit of this is the best bad team I've seen in a long time and why Mike Tomlin, even though people want to fire him there, should be getting a lot of credit for the season that they've put together. Who do you have in this one? Do the Steelers keep their playoff hopes alive, even though they're laying three points? I've got the Ravens. Um, I'll take those points. I think the whole backups thing is a little bit overrated in these situations, and I think it's still a, a game that both teams want to win, uh, even though the Ravens are playing backups. I know that they're not playing there, but you can only sit so many guys, I guess is my point. And mm-hmm. the Ravens have a really good team, and they have really good coaching staff, so I think they're going to give the Steelers a run. And I think the Steelers' success over the past two weeks, the Bengals – defense has been in kind of a slow motion crisis all season and the Seahawks have been falling apart down the stretch. So Mason Rudolph has looked great. And I think that completely falls apart against the Ravens. I'd love to see it. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. All right. Um, Texans. This is a huge one. Obviously a lot of implications in this one about making the playoffs. If you lose winning the division, if the Jaguars lose. So you have the Texans traveling to Indy. The Colts are getting a point and a half at home. Who do you like? This is a really tough one. And I, the fact that the line is what it is, I thought, I, I mean, I understand it because if the Texans, Texans are underdogs, I, the Texans are getting hammered because of Stroud. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take the Colts as slight home dogs here. It doesn't make a ton of sense picking against Stroud, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take Stroud. And, um, but I also understand the side where the Colts just keep finding a way to win these games. doesn't really make sense with their roster. They're the team I still would prefer to see the most in the first round. Browns traveling to Bengals. Bengals are laying seven. I feel pretty comfortable taking the Browns to not, not that I'm calling them to win this game, but just to fight more than, than losing by a touchdown here. Yeah. Hey, a uh, quick question about this. Um, mm-hmm. Stefanski got asked in his press conference today, uh, Bohorquez is questionable for the game. Uh, he got asked, what would you do if he doesn't play? And he said, we have options. So does, Dr- does Jeff Driscoll punt? Is that the well, option? I know he, he moved to tight end right. at one point in his career. I don't know. I imagine they have somebody on this roster who can step up and boot a football a little bit if they need it. Unless maybe, unless maybe Riley Patterson can punt. Maybe they're going to have a, the old yeah. kicker punter. Yeah, a lot uh, safer to have a guy punt uh, out of nowhere than try to kick out of nowhere. Right. You, no matter yes, how we, bad David, we learned begs, that lesson. Yeah. No matter how bad David begs. Yeah, to yeah kick, exactly. But him. yeah, no, I, I want to take the points here too, because I, I agree that the Browns, you know, the, the, the part for me is that I think the defense, even if they're going to sit a few key guys is still going to be mostly intact and the defense is really, really good. So seven points is a lot. Okay. All right. Lions, Vikings, another big one. Both teams, obviously the Lions are fighting to, to make sure the two seed stays intact, uh, at least on the surface here, because they need to get to 12 and five. If the Cowboys lose somehow, then they would obviously uh, flip flop with the Cowboys. But if both teams go to 12 and five, Dallas, because of the NFL's officiating debacle gets that two seed, but the Lions are going to keep fighting for it. The Vikings have slim hopes to make the playoffs, but are still alive. They're going back to Nick Mullins this week. It's Lions giving three and a half at home. Which side do you like in that one, Andrew? I will lay the points with the Lions. I think that they want to end the season on a win, and they got cheated out of a win last week. So I think they're going to be weirdly motivated in this game, and and, uh, the Vikings quarterback situation is still just up in the air. 
Yeah, I can't do it. I can't trust Nick Mullins on the road, especially. I'm out. I'm going to the As soon as I said as the well. word Vikings quarterback, I saw the yeah. pick change from Vikings to Lions. So you know, I, I, I just, I, even I, though. I told on both, myself that. But both teams like care a lot in this one, too. So I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't like it. Jags on the road at the, at the Titans division on the line for them. They're uh, laying four points on the road in Tennessee. But this one, you know, uh, it's like Trevor Lawrence is back. But I have a weird feeling about like there's some there's like two teams that are going to be upset teams this week. And it feels to me like Vrabel can really get his guys up for this one in a way against a division foe. And that's why I think I'm going to take Tennessee in the points on this one. Yeah, this is so tough because I totally agree with the logic that that you're following here. And I tend to agree. Trevor Lawrence is so beat up. I think even if the Jags win, it's going to be like a last second field goal. Like they need a miracle drive from Lawrence just to win against the Titans and get to the playoffs. So I, for four points, I want four points. Okay. Meaningless game. Jets, Patriots, Patriots laying two. I'm going to take, uh, I actually think I'm going to take the Jets and the points on this one. Yeah, it's, it is the meaningless of all meaningless games, but I think Bill Belichick wants to go out with a win and I think his team will be motivated to do it. So I'll lay the points with the, the Patriots. Okay, next we have Saints trying to fight to get into the playoffs. Do you know who who gets in if the Bucks and Saints win? The Bucks. Okay, so um, you know, not a, not a, not a control your own destiny situation here, but I've given up, and I think the Falcons have also given up on Arthur Smith. So I'm going to take the Saints to cover on that one. Yeah, I I agree with you, and I think that the Saints probably do cover. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Atlanta because I I really can't imagine them giving him another year, but I, it looks like they might. He's the Ryan Day of the NFL to me. Well done. Yeah, I think that that would be a job a lot of people would be interested in. Bucks, Panthers. Bucks are laying four and a half on the road. Panthers quit last week. You could tell their season they want to be in Putacana so bad. So I am going to take the Bucks and feel very comfortable about that choice. Yeah, right there with you. Got when anytime you get a chance to lay points with Baker Mayfield on the road, you got to take it. Got to take it. What could go wrong? All right, Bears at Packers. Both teams. Um, you know the Bears want to end the Packers season. They're driven. They hate the Packers. They have had they had this huge buildup of the off season about the Bears being back and better than ever. And the and the and the Packers show up with Jordan Love in the in the opener in Chicago and really crushed their season, got them off to an awful start because of the letdown of that. The Bears, uh, who are playing significantly better football, Justin Fields, who's fighting for his job's sake in the future, they want to win this game in Green Bay. This is another one I've had my eye on a little bit here. I'm going to take the Bears to upset the Packers and then the Packers season. Wow. that's a It's a bold prediction, but you know what, Jake? I like it because I think that what the, what the Packers can't do is defend the run. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bears will do what they have to do. I agree with you to get this win. I think the Bears defense is playing really well, obviously. So, yeah, you know what? You convinced me. I'm going to go with you. Love it. All right, another game that doesn't really matter all too much. Broncos, Raiders. Uh, Broncos laying three. Sorry, Raiders laying three at home. I feel like this game will mean more to the Raiders personally. Just they're trying to get Pierce that job. They love him there. I'm going to lean to the Raiders to cover that three points at home and get it done. You know what's funny is I just realized after doing half of these that if I just agreed with you on everything, you couldn't beat me. Yeah, well, you know, that that would be pretty <laughs> shitty for the sake of this exercise. But it's very much like the analytics guy thing, you know, yeah. like I can oh, see Paul Podesta doing something like that, just being like, well, I have the lead. I'm running the clock out. It's, it's uh, having true. said that, I'm with you on this one. I do think the Raiders take care of business against the Broncos. All right, Eagles, Giants. That's why I should be letting you pick first. Okay, next one is Eagles, Giants. Eagles are outside looking in. If the both the Cowboys and Eagles win, 
it is the Cowboys division, but you know, the Eagles need to be there in case the Cowboys slip up on the road. They're laying five and a half at New York. I don't know what to do with the Eagles games anymore. You got the one last week, right? With the Cardinals. I keep thinking they're better than what they are. The defense is atrocious. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to let you pick this one first. <laughs> uh, I, I'll take the points with the, the giants just from the standpoint that I, I, the Eagles do need this game, but I don't think that the giants are going to, totally roll over here because I think they see it as a chance to it's, you know, these divisional games that it does give them an opportunity to kind of take a little bit on the way out the door. Yeah. feels like also giants are going to do some strategic stuff to end up with a top five pick there. Just a thought. All right. Seahawks Cardinals. I mean, the Seahawks are on the outside. They're still alive, but they're very much on the outside looking in the game matters to them. Cardinals, obviously by evidence of last week are still playing very hard, trying to build a culture there. What a huge one last week. They would love to end their season and end the Seahawks season simultaneously at home in this one. They're getting three points. Which way are you going? I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay. I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I really don't like it. I'm doing it because I know I have to pick some games differently than you. All right. Chiefs Chargers. We have a meaningless game here. Obviously evidenced by the Ch- the Chargers at home laying three and a half. The Chiefs are locked into the three seed. The game does not matter to them. Whatever outcome happens, they'll, they'll rest a lot of guys. Uh, and I actually... Uh, for the sake of me picking one first, I do think I'm going to take the Chargers. I, I, for some reason, just feel like uh, the Chiefs are, you know, I'm not doing that. That's an awful decision. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I corrected myself mid-speech, even though I mean, it's Easton Stick. They've been so bad. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. As favorites. I was like, I like grossed out by my own answer there. Yeah, no, I mean, it is tough because they have looked really, really bad. I the The logic makes sense in terms of, the Chargers finally get a chance to kind of slay the Chiefs in a way that that would you know wouldn't mean anything, but it would be nice for them. Yeah, but they just haven't been playing well enough to justify that faith, especially as over a field goal favorite. So I think yeah. I think they're another team that's like chanting about vacation destinations. Oh, for they, sure. They're, they're yeah, done. yeah. Even though you're probably backing Blaine Gabbard on the road, I think you got to do it. All right, so. Yeah, the point getting the points helps. Uh, Rams 49ers. 49ers are locked into the one. The Rams could be up or down based on seed, but they're in the playoffs too. They have the 49ers uh, ended up uh, with them laying four at home. I haven't checked if like Stafford's playing or any of these guys on this one. So it's a little interesting to me that the 49ers are laying four in a meaningless game for them. But uh, I think, again, the Rams aren't like dire for things here. They're going on the road somewhere. They know that. So, you know, we'll see. And the, and the way you get. I think the way that you get the Rams at uh, Detroit for the opener, I think you have to have the Rams as the three seed. I think I think uh, like Green Bay has to lose the way we've called it, Andrew. I think Green Bay has to lose. So if Green Bay loses, yet New Orleans loses, and some of these others, and Green Bay gets in as the nine or the seven seed. Long story short, if Green Bay loses, they have a decent track. Or New Orleans, like if Green Bay loses, New Orleans wins. They're nine and eight. They'd get the seven. The most logical way you get that fun Stafford back at back in Detroit game is the six and the three. And that's Detroit um, would get them if, if Chicago beat Green Bay and then New Orleans beats Atlanta. I think that's the most logical path if you're looking for a really intriguing wild card round game on the NFC side. So uh, anyway, no, the, nothing else to say that about this game other than I don't know who's going to win and I hate that line. Who are you taking? I'm laying the four with the 49ers. Okay, I'll take I'll take the Rams, but again, that's just total that's total guess stuff from from my side. Cowboys on the road, a chance to lock up the division. They're laying 13 
in Washington, another team with tropical destinations and their chance. I, I think I feel comfortable taking the Cowboys to win this one pretty, pretty big. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with any amount of the commanders at this point. Is there it's, any like more like disinterested franchise than the than the commanders? Like I forget about them all the time. They're yeah. so poorly run. The stadium's falling apart. Like that is just and who's the interest in that job? I, I mean, like, well, that's what, the question: is what can what can those guys do to change it? That's what'll yeah. be interesting to watch. Yeah, the the whole rebrand thing should probably happen again, which is like really unfair to fans to buy that stuff in such a short period of time and then right. rebrand again but they just need a, to just a botched job over there it's bad anyway, it's bad stuff bills dolphins the the big one to close out here um the winner gets the two seed the dolphins will be in even if they lose but if the bills lose there's quite the possibility that they're out of the playoffs here so uh we have uh bills dolphins uh with the dolphins getting two and a half at home who are you taking yeah, it's a it's an interesting line. I think reflects really where the where the Bills have been seen all year, where Vegas has had them as one of the better teams in the league, even when they're not playing like it. So I, I'm I am conflicted, Jake, here because I I my head says take the Bills, but is it possible that the Dolphins can go an entire season without beating a team of consequence? Well, didn't they beat the Cowboys? So they got one. Yeah, that's a good point. They did beat the one team that we needed them to lose to. Yeah, and they were they were at home. So I guess they don't consider the Cowboys a team of consequence. <laughs> no, I haven't all year. You know that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the one that they got. But this is a no, weird right. week too. Like right. they're a little beat up at running back, and then Tyreek's had his house catch on fire this week. And yeah, and then uh, the, there's a the, whole bunch. The Chubb of stuff. injury is a big yeah. one for them, and and so yeah, I I uh, I I'll lay the points with the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins to just be on the flip side of that, but I I really do also think the Bills are going to they're going to get you, it done. You talked me into it, is what you did. You just, just <laughs> you swindled me. I swindled you. Nah, that's not at all the case. I want to remind everybody the Steelers situation because they're the one team in the AFC kind of lingering, so they have to win, and then Buffalo loses. So there you go. That's how Buffalo's out, right? Because Buffalo gets in even if they lose, right? In certain situations, so. Uh, they win and they're in for the Bills, and then they can win. Uh, they can tie and get in, uh, but they also clinch a berth with a Steelers-Jacksonville loss, either of those happening, or a Houston-Indianapolis tie. So uh, I would love to see a tie, the drama of a tie for one of those games that matter, but that's the route. So Pittsburgh, I, go ahead. I do like the scenario where the Steelers win, and then we all get to be very excited Bills fans just to watch the Steelers get eliminated by somebody else when it's out of their control. That that's yeah. that is an appealing scenario. So Steelers get in with a win, and then they need help. So they need Buffalo to lose, or Jacksonville to lose, or Houston and Indy to tie alongside their win. They could still get in by two other scenarios. If they tie and Jacksonville loses, and Houston and Indianapolis doesn't end in a tie so somebody wins that game or they could get in i believe with their um their own loss they could still get in andrew with a jacksonville loss denver win and houston and indy doesn't end in a tie so that's a fun one that's, that's a, a really that's fun a, one that's a really crazy scenario wow. right that's there. a that is a bizarre scenario if i'm reading that, that right because it doesn't say in the fifth section here anything about another pittsburgh tie Wow. So, okay. Cool, man. Good for them. They got an opportunity there. Just wanted to lay those out. So yeah, always rooting for the Steelers to do well. Yeah. Obviously, 
we we really are. Yeah. Uh, they other than to that, finally have some success. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Jacksonville. So they win. They win the division. Uh, they can still get in the playoffs with a loss if Pittsburgh loses, Denver loses or ties, and Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie. So Jacksonville's route, if they were to be upset, is a pretty much a Pittsburgh loss. But they also have to hope that Denver loses as well. So there you go. That's all we got. Wild right. stuff, man. Wild stuff, wild weekend. Hopefully it gets interesting because if it's just a bunch of no-shows, it could be potentially a really boring football weekend. But we hope some drama arrives. We picked uh, a couple games there for some drama. Uh, and we thank you guys for joining us. So it's been a really nice trip through the season doing these picks, like talking about other games. I hope that it is found in, to be entertaining for you guys to hear this, uh, at least our thoughts on some of these other teams. And I hope you have not picked a single game the way we have picked this year because we don't think you would have made other than last week uh, taking Andrews NFL picks. We yeah. don't think you would have made much money, especially on the Cer- college. Side. Certainly not consistently. And and it is also a reminder, please do not bet on week 18 NFL games. No, nope. you it's very hard, very, very hard to win because it's very hard to properly understand who's motivated. Pick the wild card. Those are the, that's a really fun weekend. That's the weekend to get real r- irresponsible with your bookie. We've got a little sports book uh, at the casino here in Columbus up the street. Not too far. Might have to, uh, have to watch some of those games over there. Just tell the wife and kids, like, "Hey, I'm out. Just checking out today. Taking a, <laughs> taking a holiday. See you guys tomorrow." Yeah, that's sure that would that's, go over real well. Yeah, that's well well received within the family. <laughs> Just the morning of. I'll catch you later. All right. Anyway, that's a podcast. Appreciate you guys being here. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to you guys for spending your time with this show. We'll check in with you probably one more podcast before the game. Um, you know, with a little game day preview or try to catch some time with a, with a, with a guest from the Bengals. So keep your eyes out for that. Otherwise, guys, like I said, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you stopping by and go Browns.